Get a whole new perspective on Ram 1500 and Ram Heavy Duty. Motor Trend's back-to-back -back truck of the year at the Ram Start Something New sales event. Now during Owner Appreciation Month, financing at $11,250 in total values on the 2019 Ram 1500 Classic Bighorn Crew Cab. Hurry in for great deals during the Ram Start Something New sales event. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Package values based on combined value of package items. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 2-3-2020. You are now listening to the Hat Trick Podcast, coming to you straight out of Oklahoma. Saved everybody from all the earthquakes. Oklahoma's out of now. Get back to work. <laughs> if Michael... <laughs> like, I love that you're, like, not mad about it. You're, like, trying to grasp it, but you're just like, it's not true. Whatever but if we're is, talking about an island growing, which is something that I've never fucking heard of, <laughs> over the hundreds of years, somebody <laughs> would have seen that. Like, <laughs> okay. it just grows a little more every day. Guess who's back? Back yeah. again. Hat tricks back. Tell your friends. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the boys are back. All right, the so boys gonna... are back in town. Yeah, well, no, you're still here. You've always been here. <laughs> We're back in, well, Mike lives in Morris. I'm back in town. <laughs> Dustin's back in town. Hmm. <laughs> so hold on, we're only doing 60 episodes? What? Episode 59 out of 60. 59 slash 60. Yeah, that usually means out of. <laughs> this means slash 60. <laughs> <laughs> This means and 60. <laughs> <laughs> I need some aloe vera for my fucking sunburn. Did you not put some on? I did, but it hurts. <laughs> this tattoo is faded as fuck. It looks dark from here. There's spots that's faded. And he was heavy-handed, too. Yeah. I got Cody a Sharpie. Was, Cody was heavy-handed on me, and I got spots that are faded, too. It's annoying. Shit makes me like, you, you hurt the fuck out of my arm for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I paid you good money. <laughs> oh, I paid a lot of fucking money. I think I just didn't take care of mine as good as I should have. I mean, that's part of it, too, but, I mean, shit. He's drilling ink into your arm. Well, yeah, like, he he was heavy-handed, <laughs> and he did it twice. Like, he literally went over it two times. Yeah. Not like, I'm just going to touch up a few things. Like, he no. did it, sprayed, like, a lot of numbing stuff, which, it did help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> which, like, I was, like, I was all cool, and he was like, hey, there's this numbing stuff. I'm going to go over it again. And I was like, it's not going to hurt. <laughs> so... He did it. He did it twice, though. You that's ain't charging me right. twice. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I paid for one round of ink. <laughs> if you're gonna volunteer the second, be my guest. He was like, "This will make it stand really good." Okay. Oh, it stood, but it didn't stay. You're the expert. <laughs> it stood up and walked away. <laughs> stood up and walked away. <laughs> you're the professional. <laughs> <laughs> this is your tattoo parlor that you tattoo at one day a week. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he was just a guest. I'm thinking about getting one when I'm in Florida. Uh, yeah. What part of what part of Florida? Destin. Okay, uh, I'll get you the card for the place not to go to. <laughs> 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 no, like actually though, this guy only he's only there like once a week. There's another guy that works there, and there's a girl that works there, and she's really really good. She cute too. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like she no to probably you she'd probably be cute. Yeah, to me because I. Like, like piercings and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're, I'm out. <laughs> don't know about Michael. Yeah, your taste, I don't think you would think she was cute, but she's taller than you. I got to get used to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer not to be that way, but to give my future children a chance. Her haircut looks about like mine. No, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got short hair in my opinion, and yours is really short. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trust me, I keep it like this for your benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Because it doesn't look good when it's grown. I, I grew up with you. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> I've seen you at your dirtiest. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to think about this the other day. That like our our last season, our intro like had us saying like who we were. But this season it doesn't. And we don't introduce ourselves. Who wants to be the person that introduces us every week? Michael? Me? Okay. Why? Well, I'm uh, Michael. Patrick Mike, and we're here with uh, Dustin, D-Crab, and Drew, D-Brain. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'll work on that for next time. I got put on the spot. Yeah, my bad. I mean, to talk about it just because I was I was listening to a show the other day and I was like, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, because I was listening to a show the other day. I don't remember what it was, but like the people, like I was, I just hopped in to like listen to a certain topic, and I was like, "I don't know who these people are." And I got to thinking, like, there's probably people who do that to us. They're just like, I don't know the voices apart, and I don't know. Okay, I'm Dustin. I'm Drew. I'm Michael. Okay. If you confuse me with Dustin, don't worry, you're not the only one that ever has. <laughs> I think, like, on a recording like this, I think it'd be kind of hard. Like, when we're in an open room, and they're, not, like, maybe not looking at us. Yeah, that's when everybody's like, yeah. did you say that? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, that was him. <laughs> <laughs> All through freaking high school, man. <laughs> One time, Michael, Dustin, if you don't shut your mouth, it was Michael. <laughs> there was one time Michael like said something smart. It's like, Dustin, I hear another word out of you. <laughs> I didn't fucking say anything. I remember yeah. that. Because <laughs> Michael does like to pop off. I was hoping that the... Time, I speak my mind. <laughs> I was hoping the time that I smarted off Miss Ashley should have been like, Michael, you get out too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got thrown out. That would have been awesome. Come on, Michael, we're going. <laughs> I, I wouldn't argue. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> mad. I'm I, pissed. <laughs> me and her didn't get along at all junior year, and y'all got along great. And then senior year, y'all didn't get along, and I got along great with her. Flip-flopper. The only time me and her ever got into it senior year, which it was stupid, but it was about the printing paper from when Megan's shit printed like 4,000 times. It's like, they shouldn't have taken that out of our account. <laughs> <laughs> she, she sent me to the office for it. They took that out of y'all's like senior money yeah. account. I was like, we raised that shit and they stole from us. <laughs> Did she purposely print it that many times? Or Megan? No, the computer froze. Remember, it like glitched out. It wouldn't let her X out or nothing like that, and it just sat there and kept printing at the printer. Oh damn! Yeah, it went <laughs> it, it went through like a lot of paper and ink. And they took like four hundred dollars out of our account. And I was like, if anything, it didn't go through four hundred dollars worth of paper. <laughs> yeah. Like at some point, y'all would have had to replace the paper <laughs> yeah. like, in the middle of it. So like, that's your fault. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but the reason, like, I understand Miss Ashley getting mad about it because she wasn't our sponsor. I was just, I asked her, I was like, is this, does this make any sense to you? And she was like, and she was in a bad mood already. So she just like went off of me and then sent me to the office. What? Yeah. And then me and Miss James got into it because she's the one that took the money. I was like, what the fuck? You take our money? Hold up, so you came in and was like, hey, Ms. Ashley, this doesn't make no sense. Can you try to, like, what do you think about it? And, and she just blew up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Michael, go to the office. Like, she started yelling at me, and she's like, you know what, just go to the office. Go deal with Miss James. I was like, gladly. <laughs> <laughs> Michael was on a mission, and he was going to get that money. Miss <laughs> James almost suspended me and told me I uh, almost didn't need to go to senior trip. Because you complained about it? Yes. <laughs> Because you exercise like your like, right as an American. She was like, it's none of your business what we do with our finances at this school. They're not your finances. I was yeah. like, we raised that money. There was zero dollars in that senior account when we started this year. Well, well, yeah, we had we had some from junior year, but <laughs> she got what I was saying. It wasn't your money to take. That was for other people to steal. I was like, that's like you pushing me down, taking my wallet, and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a stack of papers at me. <laughs> it's like you threw papers at me and charged me for said paper i was like i if y'all wanted some paper i would have went to walmart and bought you a little thing of paper and put it back because at some point it's going to stop printing and it's not going to continue printing unless you put more paper in it i should have unplugged it all you had to do was say push, push the x button it can't they said the they tried <laughs> unplug so. it from electricity <laughs> cut off its fucking lifeline yeah <laughs> show it who's boss you know what? I'm burning it down. And I, Speaking well, of burning What things. pissed me off, too, at the end of it was it was Megan's paper that did it. Wouldn't quit printing. They took the money out of our account she wasn't even to go on senior s- trip, and she didn't go on senior trip. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid assholes. You know, like, you're right. I sit back and I'm like, because like, we, we went to the school the other day uh, to pick up Bubba, and I was like, man, I fucking miss this place. <laughs> and then, like, thinking about it, I'm just like, I don't really miss it at all now. Yeah. I just miss the sports. That's it. I miss sports and like not having bills. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> all three of us. You know who didn't go to high school? David Krish. He didn't go to high school? Well, he dropped out. Oh. He didn't finish high school. Mr. Retardo. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my mom. I like I was filling out my FAFSA the other day for college, and I literally had to text my mom and be like, 
<clears throat> did you finish high school? <laughs> really? Nope. She was like, no, I didn't. Why? And then before I could even reply, she was like, but I do have a college degree. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> Someone's lying. <laughs> <laughs> she can get a GED, technically. <laughs> she said, actually, she said, I have a couple degrees. I was like, hmm. Mm. I don't think you're telling the truth here, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the stove and I turn the oven on. <laughs> I can have 400 Which, degrees. I think she did get her GED eventually, and she did take a few online things, but I don't know if she ever actually got a degree like she's trying to claim. It's just like a degree in showing up for the first day of school. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know she got, uh, she did like a two month long thing and got uh, medical decoding or something like that. Because hmm. she hung, when she got that, she hung it up on the wall. So I remember that. But part of me thinks she might have printed that picture off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do that to fuck with my kids. Dude. <laughs> Doctorate. <laughs> That that would be pretty fucking sweet. Surgeon Dustin Crabtree. Yeah, I turned it down though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to spend tw- more time with you kids, and if I'd have kept being a surgeon, I mean, I'm always on call. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I decided to slave away my life at anchor for you. <laughs> Gone just as much as they are, but <laughs> getting paid less. So that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm at home. I don't have a Corvette. I have Chevy money. <laughs> Uh, a Corvette is a Chevy. I just made like a Silverado. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Speaking of Chevys, David Crush had some Chevys. Oh, did he? He had, you know what? He had an El Camino. It was oh, a Ranchero. Yeah. Oh, for real? So yeah, Ford. I, I read I don't it. like him even more. <laughs> yeah, because I heard El Camino too, and I read it in that he book. He had that one point like going for him. And it was fully restored. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it new when he got <laughs> This was in the 90s, so I mean, yeah, it no. was like probably 20, 30 years ago. It old. was red. Do you know how much Even ass worse. he could have got in Waco, Texas, in that ranchero? Do you know how much ass he was already getting in Waco, Texas? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You know, in the compound. <laughs> I'm just saying. He, he had a band that played in clubs, he had a ranchero. <laughs> I don't like him. Like, I, don't, I, I don't like him either. Well, I mean, like, if. Yeah, the guy plays a lot of bands around here. You know, he drives that Ford Ranchero to burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they burnt the compound. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's let's talk about old uh, David Crash, <clears throat> formerly known as Vernon Wayne Howell. Smelly he Vernon. just looks like a Vernon. Smelly <laughs> Vernon. <laughs> he had a sweet mullet. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> I am God. <laughs> he was the sinful messiah. Hey, speaking of somebody thinking they're God. My, air quotes, uncle, <laughs> he thinks he's Jesus. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not Bill. He's one that I haven't even met. Oh. <laughs> one mm-hmm. of dad's sort of brothers. Uh, yeah, I'm God. <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> he got on that crap and he went to rehab and he was doing, they go around the circle, they actually do that shit. <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, I, I, I'm Jesus. <laughs> His brother Tony went and worked with us the other day. He's pretty cool. I guess my uncle too. He was my dad and dad was like, "Does he still think he's Jesus?" He just looked away and was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we all did there for a little while. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so ashamed of my family. <laughs> well, this well, has been sad true facts with Michael Hall. <laughs> Mom didn't graduate college. <laughs> my uncle Mom. thinks he's Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine like the? Like, once it comes out of your mouth, like... You can't take it back. It's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it. He just said it calm as can be in, in a group session. <laughs> I'm Jesus. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm addicted to crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> you just see him trying to walk on the pool. <laughs> can't do it, can you? But it just keeps falling What you down. don't get is they're all on that shit, too, so they actually see him walking on the pool. Oh. <laughs> Look at him go. He is Jesus. We're gonna we're gonna be trying to find Michael in a few weeks, and he's like <laughs> on scene at that rehab. They're having a siege. <laughs> Just come out. <laughs> gotta have my own version of Waco. He's like, I've talked to Jesus. He says we can't. He's like, I thought you said you were Jesus. Oh shit! I've talked I got, to myself. Uh, I say we can't. I got my very own David Cash. <laughs> Shut up, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I, Terry, will shut up. I just want to say it one more time. I have never met this man. (laughs) 
You don't, <laughs> he may be my uncle, but I've never met him. Yeah, there's something that I don't claim that's crazy. I mean, I don't, <laughs> they don't think they're Jesus, but uh, <laughs> they don't think they're Jesus. They just like scratch. They like scratch themselves a lot. So they think they're dogs. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, we can get back to the topic. All right. Um, so he was born August seventeenth, nineteen fifty nine. Hmm. Which August seventeenth is my birthday? <laughs> oh, ironic! <laughs> and I was born mm, a couple years after he died. <laughs> a couple born, years, the year after he died. I was born in ninety four. It's happened in ninety three. Yeah, this Drew. one did. Yep. Okay, I was thinking ninety two. Oh no, ninety two was the allegations. But um, hmm, it was in ninety three because. Um, Oklahoma City yeah. was two years after. We can just leave it at uh, none of us were alive yet. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, Probably not even getting thought of. <laughs> but uh, he's born to a 14-year-old mother named Bonnie Sue Clark. 14 or 15. But yeah. <laughs> um, and a man named Bobby Wayne Howell. Bobby Wayne! <laughs> uh, before he's born, his father leaves for like another young girl. and uh, How young was this one? Pretty sure... I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that Vernon never met his father. Um, and his mother was reportedly in a relationship with a violent alcoholic. And in 1963, uh, she leaves <clears throat> that relationship and places Vernon in the care of his grandmother, uh, Earlene Clark. I wish I was like a teenager in the 60s. <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> you like phones. I think I'd have been all right if I never knew they existed. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> like, I think I just start bitching every day about everything electronic. I'm just like, it's a piece of shit. Turn on the radio, static. Turn on my phone, no service. <laughs> Michael's driving around in a ranchero. <laughs> I will never be caught dead in another Ford. You know, this actually, is 1960, so we this know. is kind of like a side story, but I heard like people should probably start buying like cars made before, before, yeah. um, like. Uh, what was it, 88, somewhere around there, like with the computer. Yeah, 88. You know, and because um, it was like the, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but like there's not there's not enough like. Power magnet, supply? Yeah, like something like that. I'll look into it. I'll bring it back and we'll talk about it some another time. But okay. I was like, hmm, interesting. I started thinking about that. <laughs> My mother-in-law uh, was like, no, you can't sell the 73 Cutlass until we get another old vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> no, I was thinking about that a few years back whenever we thought things were getting pretty serious with Russia. Because apparently they have this big, like, <clears throat> shuts down all anything made, like any cars made from like 89 up or something like that won't run because it kills all the computers. And I hope I'm at the all the new when that shit happens. <laughs> all the new. Just <laughs> to watch all the ca- like the cashiers, like, okay, you gave me a $10 bill. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like all the new, all the new I weapons and stuff like that. <laughs> all the new weapons won't work. Like we have to go back to old ass weapons to be go at war with them and shit like that. So what yeah. you're telling me is that we become Mad Max? Yeah. Tim actually found. Uh, he showed me it today. It's uh, like you ever seen like one of those pistols they use like on a, like a pirate ship? Yeah. He's got one of those. Like an old musket pistol. The motherfucker really works. Like really? the way that the way that it sparks, you take a flint rock. Yeah. And you stick it in the, where the hammer is, and you just screw it down. And that's what creates the spark. That yeah. Shoot, I was like, it's like a muzzleloader. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a really really old muzzleloader pistol. But I was like, I've never seen one of those. That's what my grandpa, his actual muzzleloader is like. That really? Yeah, he took it to deer camp with us last year, or year before, whatever it was. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> and he doesn't use the like bullets. You drop balls. down in there. He uses the old balls, like mm-hmm. look like little cannonballs. Hmm. I was <laughs> like, Grandpa, that thing's safe to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't point it at the ground. The ball fall out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, we can get back on topic. Um, so when Vernon is seven, she returns and she's married to a man named Roy Halderman, and he becomes in their care again. Um, I don't know that much about Roy. I know that he eventually does have oh, siblings. I think she has some kids with him, uh, with Halderman. Um, but Vernon says he was like a really lonely kid. And the other kids called him, was it Mr. Retardo? Or? Mr. Retardo. Yeah. <laughs> At least they put Mr. there. <laughs> you got to respect him. <laughs> um, because he, he said he had dyslexia and he had like a, so he had trouble learning. But you'll see that he kind of had like almost a photographic memory when it came to scripture. And other things, but yeah. Yeah, so he, but like he would use that to remember 
a lot of uh, stuff from the Bible. Like he would learn large chunks and later on just recite it, you know, just off the top of his head. If he didn't think he was Jesus, <laughs> yeah, he'd be all right. There wouldn't be a problem. But but like <clears throat> the part of this that they get into is what is it? The Seventh Day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Seventh Day Adventist Church. I pass by it every time I come through here. Yeah, and I'm just like. <laughs> 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 because like the seventh, <laughs> yeah, because the Branch Davidians are like an offshoot, like a cult that happened one. from them. Yep, um, and we get into a little bit of that here before long. But uh, I don't have that much else about him as a kid. I pop back up with my stuff when he's twenty two, <laughs> as does everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but when he was about twenty two, nice little gap. <laughs> I don't know how accurate this is, but it was reported that he had, like, a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old girl, and she became pregnant. Have you read that or not? Uh-uh. Okay, so that might may or may not be true. Um, I mean, I just read it now, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know if that one's right or not. It wasn't in any of the videos or documentaries I watched. Okay. So. I know there was, like, stories of him being with a young girl, but it was, like... The state he was in, where well, I guess Texas was. Yeah, it was later on when he was already the president or Jesus of okay, uh, okay. the Waco Mount Carmel thing. Um, so that's probably not accurate, but um, he does go on. He like joined because so his mom went to the Seventh Day Adventist Church, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was ironic. And um, he starts attending church with her. I read that he, like, kind of became infatuated with, uh, like, the pastor's daughter. Did you see anything on that? No. All right. Then, because I read, basically, like, he had become kind of infatuated with her, and he wanted to, like, get with her, and he kind of bugged the pastor about it, and he, like, ran. God wants me to be with your daughter. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And he ran him off because he kind of wouldn't leave it alone. And so that was kind of his she's seven, out. David. <laughs> yeah, I think she was she was like a teenager. Um, it's a touchy. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of ran him off from the church. Maybe get out of here, you pervert. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Pastor's like, no, she's mine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! But I mean, we'll kind of because I guess Waco and then like Mount Carmel, Caramel. Carmel. <laughs> Caramel, Carmel. Um, so, like, Mount Carmel. Is Mount Carmel really a town, or is that the name of the compound? I think that's the name of the compound. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, the, all, w- Mount Carmel is, like, a little bit outside of Waco. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, they, it's still technically... Everybody refers to it as Waco, Texas, so... Yeah. But okay. where they're at is, like, their property of land is Mount Carmel. Okay. Because I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it how it was, because I didn't know if that was just the name of the place. Because I knew that's what they called it, was Mount Carmel. Yeah, I don't... Like, David Crest didn't name it that. It was already... Yeah. You know, which we'll get into. Yeah. So, 1982 is when he moves to Waco. Mm-hmm. So many fun facts that I don't know nothing about. Because <laughs> <laughs> he moves to Waco, and that's where he joins the Branch Davidians. Yeah. Um which is an offshoot of the Seventh Day Adventists, and it was founded by a man named Benjamin Rodin. And in nineteen fifty-five. Yeah. yeah. So Rodin, like I said, he kind of like was under this Victor Hotef, which I don't know if he's the guy that started the Seventh Day Adventists, or if he was just a big person in the Seventh Day Adventists. I don't know. He might have been the guy that um, they chose to. I don't know. I'm not, I'm sure. not sure. The I don't know, like, for Hoda for whatever. <clears throat> he was like the main guy at first. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know nothing. And about then Jones. like him and if I'm not mistaken, uh, him and Benjamin they started like not getting along too well. So that's when they kind of split. I have that Benjamin Roden started it, and he had been friends with Victor Hotef, and Victor Hotef died, and that's when Roden started the Branch Davidians. Read it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So it's um he, so he moves in there, what what did we say, eighty two? Yeah. And he's 
what's it like Louise Roden? So hold on, whoa, Lois whoa. Roden. So so that's how she's in power is because she's like a she was married. She was a family member, or she was married. She was married. To, yeah, into it. Benjamin oh, Roden okay. started it, and then she was married to Benjamin Roden. Yeah, and when he dies, she's the one in charge of but it. But not everybody's mm. sure about her. They're just like, mm, do we want to follow her? And I think they were sure about her until Vernon. <laughs> like <laughs> I think that like shook everyone's faith. She's seventy seven, <laughs> ain't it? She was sixty five, I think, when when he first started. When he first around. showed up, yeah. Okay, I thought she was seventy something, but um, so he would spend Vernon. Vern, he's still Vernon at this time. Yeah. Um, spend his days in the group as like a normal member. He played guitar, sang in church. Um, his band would play in a few clubs. He used his music to like recruit new members. After this is after yeah. he's in charge, but. Um, David Thibodeau, he writes a book, and I don't know what the name of the book is called, but David Thibodeau. A he, place called Waco. Okay, well, he actually, he's one of the guys that made it out um, the day of the fire, which we'll get into on the next episode. Um, he's very well portrayed in the Waco movie. Yeah. Um, I like his character. He's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Tibbs. Yeah. So he would try and fail to set up actual recording deals, and what the quote was, uh, it was very, very, it was very localized. <laughs> yeah. So not enough money, <laughs> shit like that. I'm just thinking they weren't probably very good. Yeah. I mean, I heard him playing guitar, and he could play some sweet licks. But I don't know about his singing. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can be good at the guitar. Your voice is still shit. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't need to be the singer. Maybe yeah. he just needed to be the guitarist. I need to find somebody who can sing. <laughs> Lois! <laughs> I got a sunburn on my knees. <laughs> on the knees. My knees. <laughs> so, like, up to this point, <clears throat> he's not—he's not exactly acting crazy. No. But this is about when he starts kind of getting into some weird shit. So, eighty-three, uh, Vernon begins to claim that he has received the gift of prophecy. It's speculated that around this time he starts to have a sexual relationship with Louise Roden, who is upwards of sixty, seventy years yeah. old, somewhere around there. Um, she's the. What'd you call her? A prophetess. Prophet. I can't. I can't say it. So <laughs> uh, he claims God wanted him to father a child with her, uh, and her son George Roden didn't like this. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> you come in here and fuck my mother. <laughs> yeah. In my church. <laughs> yeah. Because George, we will see, is very insane. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I, I mean, think he's scarier <laughs> than David Koresh. Nope. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I mean. Uh, okay, yeah, probably so, but... I mean, David Koresh is scary. Like, we'll get into him being scary. Both taken out at birth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to... I'm not going to ever make it seem like I have sympathy for David Koresh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really don't either. I have sympathy for the people in the compound with him. Yeah. Which, at the end of the day, they were idiots, too, but... Well, the, yeah. But the babies didn't Like, that's like the kids. Like, like yeah. I have most of my sympathies for these kids. Yeah. They named the place Mount Carmel. Yeah, not David Koresh, but yeah. No, the, no the uh, French Victor Hutef and his little okay. people. Yeah, they named it. Yeah, and Mount Carmel is like a Bible reference. Um, really? It's It describes, like, like the Mount Carmel here is like out in the, it's kind of like the desert of Texas. Like, there's really not a whole lot of shit around, and that's kind of how it's described in the Bible. Um, just hmm. want to throw that out. Yeah, I didn't know. Um... Does he have a... So he doesn't have a child with Louise Rogan, though. Don't think she could have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Although he said something along the lines of, like, their kid would be the one to run the Branch Davidians. Like, yeah, like their... Yeah. It would be and, the chosen one or whatever. I heard something else that he was like, if I took a 70-year-old woman and got her pregnant, <laughs> you better watch out. I am God. He, <laughs> so... Oh, sorry. I'm good. I'm done. Uh, I was curious about the Victor Hudef and Benjamin Roden, like how they played a part. And I just looked it up, and uh, Victor, he was like, originally, uh, he founded the Davidians, and based on his prophecy of an imminent apocalypse involving the second coming of Jesus Christ and the defeat of the evil armies of Babylon, and uh, he, as the original original Davidian group gained members, its leadership moved to the church to a hilltop several miles east of Waco, Texas, which they named uh, Mount Carmel, and... Uh, <laughs> After Mountain in Israel mentioned in Joshua, there's a reason they named it. And uh, a few years later, they moved again to a much larger city uh, east, several, several miles east. The wit- when, when he died, his wife 
uh, Florence Utef announced that the expected Armageddon date was about to take place, and mem- members were told to gather at the center to await the- this event, the center of the church in Mount Carmel. And uh, many, it says many built houses, others stayed in tents, trucks, or buses, and most sold their possessions. And following the failure of the prophecy, which many attributed to her, setting her own private date as to its fulfillment, control of the site fell to Benjamin Roden. So that's how he took over. Okay. So and like what um, we'll, we'll get into it here in a little bit. Whenever David Crush and <coughs> it just keeps getting passed uh, on by death. Yeah, whenever David Crush <laughs> and George Roden, whenever they have like a falling out, which like the fall. <coughs> if I could, we'll just explain it real quick. I wanted to. I didn't want to interrupt you, but before we get into this, like heavy shit there was a, a thing that um a lot of my shit i got from uh it's stalling for time by gary nesner it's his book and he's talking about during the siege um david koresh asks them like what have they been eating and he tells them oh we're, most of the time we're getting stuff from a whataburger up the road because it's the only thing that stays open late mm-hmm. and he's like whataburger that meat's terrible and he said something about like if i am jesus then the world's gonna know the truth about whataburger <laughs> and they were just like what <laughs> i don't really know if i am jesus or not yeah, yeah. if i am the world will know <laughs> yeah. but anyways. anyways so so you're not Louis. <laughs> so Louis, is it Louis or Louise? I thought it was Lois. Lois. Or something like that. Okay, so she starts allowing David to like start preaching his own message, and it's called the Serpent's Root. Is that right? See, I didn't hear about that either. I, wrote, I mean, I wrote that down, but. It would make sense, because have you seen their flag, like their emblem? I thought it was like the Star of David. And it's got a serpent going through it. No, really? Yeah. Fucking David. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, right there's tell you he's a devil follower. <laughs> so he actually switches it up and says that he's supposed to marry a woman named Rachel Jones, and a short time of peace falls upon the group. Um, I don't know if she was dead at this point. Yeah, I read that she died in 1986. <clears throat> yeah. But I just I wondered if he was just kind of like, all right, I found this younger lady, so Who's bye, hot? Lois. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I wasn't sure. I think, like, that would have caused, like, a bigger stink. Like, well, you're not preaching your sermons anymore if you're not. Yeah. I, you know, and it's probably, like, he found Rachel, and he's, you know, he's popping her, and he still coming back over and so dipping his bean in old Lois. Like, this might, this is off topic a little bit, but the whole serpent thing and preaching and stuff like that made me think of something I seen the other day about a, guy who went to the hospital or his dad died a month beforehand and he was the main pastor of the church so his son took over and uh same thing happened to him they're one of very few churches left in the u.s i guess that preach while holding snakes Mm -hmm. and his dad got bit during one of the sermons and it's a freaking rattlesnake (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he died a month later son's preaching middle of church holding the rattlesnake gets bit almost dies Hmm. i'm just like why? why? <laughs> like they say that's if it's something about like the if fear, God. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be like if you're if you're doing right, then the like, snake won't bite you. Either the snake won't bite you, or if it does, God won't let you die. Well, the yeah. sun didn't die, so. <laughs> well, it, it's that too, and it's like it's showing your faith, and like, well, God won't let this happen. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, we're not. I'm not going to start trying to preach up here, but it's just like maybe don't hold a snake yeah maybe don't hold a fucking snake <laughs> like they, they kill you yeah. <laughs> yeah I forgot that's your biggest fear <laughs> I fucking hate them I watch this fucking um, what do you call those damn things this is so off topic but um, <laughs> we do this every time I watched this last night while I was sitting on the pot <laughs> and uh, it was dark it was really late and I got a little spooked but um, <laughs> what are those damn things called uh, honey badger <laughs> Which honey badgers are the toughest motherfuckers alive. Yeah. Honey badgers saying. don't give a shit. <laughs> anyway, this honey badger, this is so funny. It, it cracked me up. Excuse me, spit break. But um, there's a some I don't know. It's there's some kind of snake that can kill a lion. It's not the black mamba. It's like a. I think he could too. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, so he hunts down this fucking snake that's in a tree, right? And he climbs up the tree. The snake falls out. He goes down, kills. It's a cobra kills it and then um, later on he's find he finds this like snake in the ground and it's like this snake can kill a lion <laughs> and this honey badger like gets in a fight with this fucking snake and kills it 
And then he passes out for like two and a half hours. <laughs> the honey badger <laughs> does? He's like just laying there on his back. The like, honey badger does? Yeah. It's just like, he just passes out for like two hours, like two and a half hours. And it's like, it appears like he's dead, but he's really just <laughs> tired of the effects of the venom. He got bit. He got bit a whole bunch of times, and uh, then he wakes up and just eats the shit out of that snake. Keeps on going. Dude. Yeah. Damn. He still, like, I got freaked out. Like whenever I see snakes, I just kind of like my hands yeah. start sweating. <laughs> snakes, man. Like I'm not gonna go play with them, but I'm not. I'm like I'm not scared of them, but I'm not gonna go roll around with them. Like you see, I seen a deal one time where this woman, she. uh would sleep with it like a, just a full fucking snake and it was as long as her and everything and it would like wrap around her in the middle of the night and wouldn't kill her just sleep with her and uh then it stopped eating it just quit eating getting ready to eat yeah. her yeah and she, she she took it to the vet and he's like well what's wrong she said it just it just hasn't eaten in a few weeks and he's like really well it seems fine and She's like, well, and he's like, well, do you keep it in a cage? She's like, no, it roams around the house. It sleeps in bed with me. And he's like, you need to get rid of it. <laughs> she was like, why? He said, he's not eating anymore because he's getting ready to eat you. It's making room for you. It's like, how dumb do you got to be to sleep with a fucking snake? Especially one that's big enough to hold your whole fucking body. <laughs> I think they should all be killed. <laughs> I agree. Like, what do they contribute? Nothing. I'm sure they do contribute. I mean, they get rid of rats and shit, but. My I'm cats sure. can We'd do that. We'd be overran by rats. <laughs> no, my cat handles that shit. I got these really cool glue traps. Uh, that take care. That takes care dude, of any kind of rat problem you got. We I know we've had a bunch of tangents. When I was dating my ex-wife, we went to her parents' house one time, and behind their freezer they had a glue trap, and there was a snake just like that got stuck on that glue trap, and it was like wrapped around the thing. And we had to like get it out, and it's like jaw was like stuck to the trap, and we wound up like pulling it off and letting it go. <laughs> what the fuck's the matter with you? It wasn't my decision; it was her dad. But you sh- it just should have known right there. <laughs> Fucking crazy motherfucker! But yeah, they just like took it and like let it go, and like, but they were just like, "Sorry, Mister Snake," so they like pulled it, and his like mouth was like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, we can be talking about snakes. <laughs> yeah, let's get back onto Vernon. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest snake of them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Always slithers, slithered his way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> so the power struggle between Roden and Vernon it starts to kind of pick back up in eighty-five. Um, Roden forces Vernon and twenty-five of his followers to leave the compound at Mount Carmel. They go to uh, Palestine. Okay, you got it in here. Uh, they move to like Palestine, Texas. Uh, it's about ninety miles away from Waco. They live in, like, tents and buses and shit like that for a little while. Um, now, was this before or after Roden tried to make him, like, <coughs> no, this resurrect? No, this is before. Yeah, this is right before. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so basically, like, they're living there for a couple years. And while all this is going on, he's kind of getting some more followers. And he sees himself as, like, a modern-day Cyrus. I don't know much about who Cyrus is in the Bible. I'll explain it later. All right. Um, but he kind of starts getting this, like... I don't know. He's he's start still being kind of wackety, um, but by 1986, he's starting to receive a lot of support from most of the Branch Davidian community, and Rodin is on the decline. But they're still in like this exile. So, but Rodin to try and win everyone back, he decides to prove he's a true <laughs> messiah, and he has to challenge Vernon. So he digs up a dead body, the, the freshest corpse he could. Fun. Yeah, and um, he basically is telling him, like, if you're the Messiah, you can raise this person from the dead. Yeah. And challenges him to it. Has this well, body in the church. Mr. Right. David didn't have didn't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> First of all, what was your backup plan for, like, <laughs> whenever he couldn't do it? Yeah. So it's just like, all right, fuck it, Roden. It's your turn. Yeah. Well, no, Roden didn't say he was the Messiah, though. He didn't say he could raise a body from the dead. Was he trying to say he was the Messiah? Yes, he was trying to say oh. he was the Messiah. Well, that's what, like... It's not the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done like a bird. <laughs> Maybe like shot a bird out of a tree. That would have been like a lot less work. They should have got that honey badger you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. <no shit. laughs> if you could kill him, you're the Messiah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honey badger don't give a fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> Vernon is just like, fuck that. And he calls the police. The police, which this like flipped my dome. Yeah. The police were like, well, we need some proof, like a picture. <laughs> and so that... 
leads Vernon to take like a group with him to the compound. Like they're trying to get in the compound to get the proof. Strap uh, up. No. We're going to the compound. I I disagree. Because like they didn't take a camera with them. They went in with 400 rounds of ammo, a bunch of guns. <laughs> We're going to get you a body. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it said that not a single one of them had a camera <laughs> to take a picture of some evidence. They went in there to try to take over. Hmm. Or like go just go like grab the body maybe. I, I think they probably went to get. They were getting going to get proof because they told the police. I, yeah, I got you. I, I'm not. I'm not going to tell the officer. I'm going to go in their guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but because well, but that's the thing. Like they came to the police to be like, he has a dead body. You should go do something about this. Yeah. And they told them we we need proof. And then they went. It's any more? So, I mean, the cops are like, oh, there's a body in there. We better go check it out. <laughs> yeah. And so he shows up. And this leads to a firefight between, like, both crews. And, um, like, Roden takes some, if, like, a grazing. I would have, I mean, sorry to keep staying on topic, but I would have felt better taking a camera, just take a picture of the dead body in the camp or whatever and take the picture back to the police. Because if, if I go in there guns blazing, get the body, show up at the police station with a dead body, <laughs> I'm going to look like the suspect. You just knock on the door of the camera. Hey, Roden, uh... <laughs> You know, we really missed the place, and I thought about putting a couple pictures in everybody's tent. Can we just, like, come in here, <laughs> pop off a few, few shots. Yeah. Um, I got my camera here. It's a Nikon or whatever that brand is. Yeah. Uh, Nikon. You still got that body? Yeah. Still got that dead body? <laughs> Mind if I take that with me? <laughs> it helps us sleep looking at dead people. I was going to practice trying to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to bring it back on the picture first. And if I can do that, <laughs> <laughs> I can, I'm ready for the, for the next time. Um, but, like, the police get called. Like, Roden's, like, pinned down behind a tree when they get there. and I'm being shot at. And they break it up, and they take Vernon and his whole team uh, to jail. But all the charges eventually get dropped. No one receives any kind of punishment. They're probably, like, in good with, like, the sheriff. And he's like, all right, boys, get the hell out of here. But don't make me come back. <laughs> he does, like, eventually become kind of friendly with the sheriff. We'll yeah. get into that. Yeah. Um, but then they all have a 51-day standoff. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh. Your water. Your water. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I thought you wanted a bottle. Um, but and this is why I was talking about how I thought Roden was really scary. Don't <laughs> you don't want to drink after me? Uh-uh. Don't want to put your lips where my lips have been. Uh-uh. <laughs> this is honest. <laughs> um, no dirt. Oh, We're almost done with this episode, anyways. You can get your own bottle of wine. Yeah, <laughs> get some air in here. So um, this is why I was saying like Roden was really fucking scary because like in '89 he goes on to kill a man named Wayman Dale Adair. That's Adair. just and he like basically just like splits his skull open with an axe. My kind of dude. And the this reason- shows me that he was crazy from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if nobody would have fucked with David Crash, guarantee you he would probably started popping people off. Really? Just for the hell of it. <laughs> probably. He would probably had, like, a freak out and started to kill people. Yeah. But check this out. I read the reason he did it. That's because what the Bible says. The guy <laughs> said that he was the Messiah. Yeah. Which, to me, I just imagine that in my head. Like, that guy going, like, you know, George, I just, I feel like God's talking to me. And I feel like I'm the Messiah. And then George is like... I already had to deal with Koresh. I'm not going to hear your bullshit. And then he just like slashes him in the fucking head. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like he gets sentenced. I think he got sentenced to life. Um, you know what? How about this? <laughs> what if uh, What if he was like starting to believe Koresh's bullshit? <laughs> Roden? Yeah. And he was like, maybe he is the Messiah. Uh-huh. And he meets this guy and he's saying that he's the Messiah. And he's like, no, David's maybe, the Messiah. <laughs> maybe he's right. Maybe he's the Messiah too. Messiahs come back after you kill him. Oh no! <laughs> just grab my axe. <laughs> no, just, no, he's just like on the jury stand. He's just like he'll come back. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he said he was Jesus. If you he, ever think he tried to call David? Y'all gonna and, let me out when he wakes up in three days? Do <laughs> <laughs> you ever think he ever tried to call David and be like, uh, David, if uh, you want to try and start raising people from the dead, um, there's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really not liking my cellmate. <laughs> Could you just do it this one? <laughs> just, so I can get the fuck out of here, just please. please. Just please. I'll, I'll confess you're the you're Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's just like, nope, nope. Mm-mm. I got to take a picture of this. <laughs> um, I'll go take a picture of the body if you want. <laughs> so he, he, what is it? What's the place that he gets locked up in? 
I can't remember. It was like a mental facility, yeah. I think. Um, fuck, I don't remember. But, it, you know, it, it, anyway, it's somewhere in Texas. Um, Springs, something Springs. Big I don't Springs. remember. Big, I don't remember. But anyway, so Mount Carmel, the Mount Carmel Center that David Kresh and his people have been kind of kicked out of, it goes up for sale. Um, so they, they like, what do they do? Like, they, they just, I don't they know how the they, money. I don't know how they raise the money, but they somehow like, raise the money. I just can picture this in Henrietta, just like a bunch of stinky people yeah. like, that, that have <laughs> like, been living on the outskirts <laughs> yeah. for like three years, two years. Like, we need some money. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much they had to pay to get it because they were talking about, like, it goes up for sale and there were like unpaid taxes on the property Damn. and shit. Oh. It was uh, Big Springs. Something, yeah, I knew it was something Springs, yeah. Uh, you know, you escaped though? <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I'll find that part real quick because, like, in the little. Oh, it's not there anymore. But, anyways, it was called Big Springs. Okay. But it said, uh, Roden, uh, jailed, escaped, death. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <to say. laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, I would like to know how they raised that money. What if it was like in the old lady's wheel? It was just like it's half George's and half F. David's. David's. (laughs) Yeah, real quick, we should probably. Oh, yeah, okay, you're about to get into that. Yeah. Not guilty by reason of insanity. (laughs) I think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I think you killed him. So whenever they get there, they there was like a meth lab because Roden had been like renting it out to people. Yeah. And there was a meth lab in there. Uh, Crush is like, hey. Vern, you know, we haven't switched to Chris, so we apologize. But anyway, um, he calls in the officers and the hey, man, you got to get this meth lab out of here. So, like, he's doing shit. You you can kind of see, like, he's doing shit the right way. Yeah. Um, he could have just been like, let's sell it. <laughs> let's sell all this we got to make some of that money back up. <laughs> yeah. I want to know how he escaped. <laughs> I'm still on that. So, around 1990, somewhere around there, um, Vernon legally changes his name to David Koresh. Uh, this is a reference to King David and Cyrus the Great. Um, then we start to get into like some of the uh, suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> he tried going to heart. Check it out. Uh, in February 1955, the Texas Department of Mental Health and Mental Retardation uh, Dangerous Review Board declared Roden not manifestly dangerous. Seven months later, he fled Big Spring. Big Springs for three days before being caught outside the Israeli consulate in New York City, where he, where he reportedly caused a disturbance after being denied a visa to Israel. What the? <laughs> he was trying what? to run off to Israel. What year was that? Holy shit! That makes fifty-five. That's what it said. Well, that's not the same guy. Hold on. No, ninety-five. I read Okay. That. <laughs> Listen, like, David's yeah, gone. I, I am the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> They're bombing fucking people in Oklahoma City. We got to get the fuck to Israel. Yeah. Well, you know, because they talked about they thought the like the apocalypse or whatever, or, like something would happen in Israel, like in their beliefs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he got out for three days. Um. Yeah, so like around David's in my body now. <laughs> I am the Messiah now. <laughs> um, like like I said, around 1992, he start like Koresh starts coming under suspicion of mistreating children, fucking them. Yeah, well, because like there's suspicion <laughs> of him having sex with kids and suspicion of him being abusive, like with actual just physical abuse to some of the kids. Um, it starts getting reported that he's like married to multiple women and like underage girls in the group. Um, one of the like main kids they talk about is uh, Michelle Jones, which is the underage sister of did his they, actual wife. Did they use the same Bible we do? Mm-hmm. So why did everybody in here still believe he's the Messiah when he's committing adultery? Because he took raping twelve year olds. <laughs> I mean, he probably took a scripture, right? And he like broke it down and put his own twist on it, and See, I like, was... told them this is what it means. But, but it did was, they uh, not? Did, were Bibles not allowed in the compound? Like did they not read them? <laughs> they, well, I mean, like yeah, I mean you can read them. They all probably brought their Bibles to uh, you know class with them or church with them. But like whenever he sits up there and he he puts his twist on it all exactly. Like he says, this it, is what this means. Yeah, and the, you know because every one of them have gotten in there at some point in time and been like, holy crap, he's the actual Messiah, or they live. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they believe everything. They put all their trust. They sell all their belongings. They take up a vow of celibacy. Yeah. If me and, if, say me and Kelsey went, we had to take up a vow of celibacy. We can't even, we can't have sex. But if he chooses to have sex with her, 
she can have sex with him. That's it. Like we can't, we can't bang no more. Can't even <laughs> yeah. finger pop. Like it's just it's we all, ain't going there. <laughs> it's all yeah. short. And that, like you know, that's not right. But like anybody, if you were committed, if you were committed, you just you believed it. I mean, it's just like I was because I was thinking about it earlier today. I was like, did he just like re, like rewrite his own Bible and make copies of it? <laughs> no, like I mean, he took the Bible and he put it out there and said, look, this is what it means. But like. Um, I guess everybody's gonna have their followers. Huh? Yeah, I mean, but he had, uh, to me, he had moments in everybody that was there where, like, they were like, "Okay, wow, he did this, so that he's got to be God. Yeah. Or he's got to be great, something." <laughs> yeah, because like he called himself the sinful Messiah. Yeah, or like that comes up later. But he, because what was it? It was because he's he's doing shit like that, like saying this is what this means in the Bible. He's also telling people that like God is talking to him directly. Mm-hmm. And so another thing with like the having sex with people, like a lot of the, a, a lot of these people are old, right? Yeah. So there's like a few people in there that are young, young enough to have children and that are good looking enough for him. So, but he doesn't have enough cause he has to have like what? 24 or 25 24. children, it's 24. 24 kids. So whenever he runs out of good looking women, he can't go to the older ones. <laughs> he has to start kind of pulling his hands out of the little cookie jar. Yeah. And that's why, that's where all the, like, he starts marrying, um, like, Michelle Jones, for instance. And that that actually did happen. Now, I think this is the girl in the Waco TV show, the Paramount Pictures TV mm-hmm. show, Waco. Um, we are not sponsored by. Yeah. Um, I wish we this were. Is, this is who Tibbs marries. Yeah. And I, I read that they did say, like, they, in real life, like, Tibbs, I don't know if they really wanted to have a relationship, but if it ever the question ever came up, they'd be like, "Oh no, Tibbs is with her." Yeah. Like they would yeah, do and that, hide his, it, and that's his kid. Like so, yeah. like the the kid that David Crush had with Michelle Jones, that would yeah. be Tibbs' kid to yeah. the law. So yeah, yeah. Oh, you said okay. I need to underline that twenty four. Yeah, because he like the whole twenty four kids thing. It's like. Something about, I guess he thinks after the apocalypse or whatever, his 24 kids are going to be the ones that, like, come up and kind of rebuild society and, like, the new world. Yeah. So, um, Child Protective Services get in, and it was kind of inconclusive if abuse was happening or not. So, like, Michelle Jones, it was, her parents didn't believe that David Kresh was molesting her. Um, and I don't think, that, actually, I don't think this was Michelle Jones. Another girl kind of came and said, hey, you know, David Kresh is molesting me this all this stuff her grandparents didn't believe her her parents didn't believe her it was one of those deals so and that one you know you never know if okay maybe she just wanted to get some attention maybe she just wanted to get the fuck out of there (laughs) just like i heard they got the fucking like playstations and shit out now yeah i want to go play a playstation (laughs) because that's what they said like the reason they started investigating is because ex-members would get out and like people who were kind of like in the rodent camp not necessarily but like detractors is what they called them like, those people would, like, go to authorities and be like, yeah, they're doing all this bad shit. And Fucking it's kids. They got a whole bunch of guns. Like, there was one guy specifically, and I don't have his name, and I haven't seen uh, anywhere where you have his name in here. I don't um, think I do. But he gets out, and this is he starts spreading all these rumors, which, you know, for all we know, probably weren't rumors, because uh, he was fucking, was fucking kids. Yeah. But... Um, he gets out and he starts, you know, talking all this stuff about, you know, there are fucking kids in there. He has illegal guns in there. He has illegal weapons in there. Um, shit like that. And that's where, I mean, it really starts to kick off. But I, I wish one of y'all knew his name because that's bugging the shit out of me. I got what the informant's name. No, he wasn't an informant. He just, he uh, he was in there and then he just, he kind of had like a battle power struggle, kind of like Roden did yeah. um, with Koresh. And whenever he left, he started spreading the rumors. Yeah, There were two people who... Um, they were Australians, and they I don't know if they left or got kicked out or what, and they go to Australia, and they also start talking to, like, Australian authorities about it, and, like, the Australian version of 2020 does a thing over the Branch Davidians before the Waco siege happens, and they get a bunch of recordings of him doing sermons and stuff, and later on you'll see that, like, Gary Nessner and all the other negotiator guys that's where they first saw what it was like inside the compound during services because of that documentary that they did. And that whole documentary was about the 1992 allegations. So they kind of also investigated them as a media entity. So it's like, he's got them coming after him. So it's weird to see that like another country before the siege happened was like looking at these people, like what the fuck is going on over there? Um, So like there's multiple people coming like out and saying like, 
he's having sex with kids, he's, like, abusing them, like, he's, like, whipping them really hard if, like, he gets onto them or whatever. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. That's fucking crazy. So, it was the, it was Australia, though? Mm-hmm. I read that in that book, like, I got a lot of shit from that book, but it was really people good. people from all over in this thing. Yeah, like, uh, his, like, Steve, Sni- Steve Schneider, him and mm-hmm. his wife, they were, you know, they, they were from, like, fucking Hawaii. They were really fucking smart people too. Like there, there's like a Harvard. Yeah, he grad was like a mas- He had a master's degree. Something like yeah. Yeah. And there was a Harvard grad that was like a. He was supposed to be a lawyer. He was studying to be a lawyer. Something like that. Yeah, like, they had a lawyer a, in the compound. I think he was. He, yeah, he was from Harvard. That yeah. Some guy. And like that's what's fucking crazy is like these people aren't just like Texas and Oklahoma like mm-hmm. weirdos. These are like <laughs> some, some of these guys are fucking smart. And then you like you know you have your upper. Like, your old people, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been hearing this shit since the 50s, so, I mean, they're going to believe it one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but, it, like, it's fucking weird. Like, I can sit back, which, I mean, I know what happens, so. Yeah. But, like, even even shit, like, where you don't know, like, shit that's happening now, you can kind of look at it and just be like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. But I've been raised. Y'all know, or y'all probably do, y'all know everything about this thing, but whenever uh, Koresh got church back after Roden got put in jail they found a meth lab in the back we we mentioned that we just said like, that uh, just I was I was reading the, trying to find that guy's name for you <laughs> um, I was trying to find that guy's name for you oh right? Michael <laughs> did you find it no <laughs> <laughs> found out there was a meth lab <laughs> no, I, no I knew that I just forgot about it news now. to him <laughs> no like uh, I don't know but like the Texas Child Protection Services it's inconclusive as to, like, if anything was happening or not, as far as their investigation went at that time. Like, they weren't sure. So, like, they didn't actually arrest him or anything. Um, it was because of that when he meets that sheriff. I have his name somewhere in here. Uh, I'll have to look it up. Uh, talk about it on the next episode. Yeah, it's Jack something. Like, real quick, because I didn't know if this was true or not, and I've only heard it in a couple of places. Uh-huh. Um Weren't there, wasn't there like a package that got delivered that like the box busted open and like a grenade or something like that fell out? I read that there was a UPS driver um, who said that he delivered a package and he said he saw what looked like the shape of a grenade in the package. But um, I don't know if that's true or not. I did read that in a couple places, but that's kind of the thing of like, is that true or is that kind of the thing like in ruby ridge with the helicopter being shot at yeah like i don't i'm not sure and like i mean the atf steps in they correct me if i'm wrong but like they can't step in for like child the atf can't like they they can't investigate for child abuse okay so it has to be for something kind of weapons like the branch civilians ain't that how they made their money though is like buying and selling weapons yeah and they did that pretty much well we could say legally "Quote unquote," they did have illegal weapons. Um, well, like they had like a something with a hellfire trigger, which is not illegal. Yeah. Well, they had a fifty caliber sniper rifle that they said at the time was illegal. Yeah. Because that killed some of the agents that we'll see later on in the firefight. One of the yeah. kids, I believe, kept getting it out and pointing it over at the agents, but he would put it up every time he was yelled that to put it up. <laughs> there was. Well, I heard about well, the fifty caliber. I didn't hear about that. Well, I didn't hear that story exactly. There was a story where that um, was on that documentary I watched this morning. Really, there was a story. <laughs> And Jeff, <laughs> put that damn thing up. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you again. Like, he, he got it out, like, four or five times, and, like, every time he'd get it out and, like, point it over at him, somebody, like, put that damn thing away. He'd well, just, like, pull it back down. Well, like, the thing, <laughs> the thing is, that actually caused a big problem. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about it in the next episode, but... um, Was that guy's name you are talking about, Robert Rod- Rod- Rodriguez? That's the, the yeah, undercover that's guy. That's, yeah, that's the informant. No, I, this guy, the guy I'm talking about, he was, like, in it. For real. Okay. And he just kind of like had started Steve? Having... No. Okay, because he was another important guy. Talking about Steve he was, Schneider? He yeah. was like his second yeah. in command. Yeah. That's the only one I figured that could battle him for power. No, like this Being guy, his second in command. This guy wanted to come up and like take his spot, but no. Steve Schneider I can't, I can't, done that. doesn't jog, a, jog anything for me, but. I, I can't remember his name. One of these days I'll find his name and I'll be like, this <laughs> like a year from now. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, they. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure at what point they start looking into them for the guns. But like we said, they did turn out to have illegal weapons. And a lot of the stuff comes from this guy that I'm talking about though. Like he starts spreading these rumors that they have illegal weapons and it gets back to the ATF. Yeah, that, the kind ATF. Of, that kind of sounds, but, um, 
So everything is kind of, you want to talk about like them planning everything? We want to talk about that in the next episode. Because we are at almost an hour. Uh, planning what? The assault? The raid, yeah. Um, I guess we can talk about it a little bit. I don't have a whole lot on their planning, like the assault, the the raid coming up. I mean. There's not a lot of planning goes into yeah. it. Like <laughs> well, they, they, they expected it, to, it. It lasted how many days? 51, 51 days? days? Yeah, they expected it to last 21 or 20 minutes or some shit yeah. like that. So like there wasn't a whole lot of planning, but they do fuck up and let the press know. Like there's a pre- yeah. there's a PR person or a press person in the ATF mm-hmm. and she lets it slip or he or she lets it slip and the press gets a hold of it and that's how which we'll we'll talk yeah. more about it later but I, well we can go ahead and talk a little bit about this. Um yeah, well, we'll bring that up in the next episode. I, I do want to mention this. So we talked about Ruby Ridge last week, you know, last couple of weeks. Um, the same tactical team and most of the negotiators from Ruby Ridge are on this one. Now, Lon Horiento? No, that guy was not. <laughs> he wasn't invited back. I don't. Well, I say that. I don't he know. Was, in, was he, he was there? Waco, yeah. Is it, you're talking about the sniper? Uh-huh. I didn't know he was at Waco. Yeah. Um, I just said that to be funny, but him not getting invited. But, uh, like, basically, um, there was, I think it was, like, Tallahassee, Florida. Um, there was these Cubans, and I was talking to you about it earlier. But, basically, they take over the prison, and they were some of the, uh, like, they were, had been prisoners in Cuba. And it was during that time where, like, they just sent a bunch of them out. Like, Cuba just kicked them out of the country. And they wound up over here. So some of them were set to be sent back to Cuba. Some of them had uh, done crimes here. Oops. And they were supposed to, like, get sentenced and charged and stuff. But they were getting mad because they weren't really getting a speedy trial. And they were just, like, getting held with, like, r- no real sentences. And um, they take over, like, a block of this prison. So Gary Nessner and his negotiating team and the same tactical team that's led by Dick Rogers they go and it's like a 10 day thing. Um, they somehow convinced them to let like one lady out who was a secretary and she was so traumatized by this shit that she never worked in a prison again. And they had other people inside and they were like getting to talk to them like a couple times. And they said that basically these Cuban guys had said, everyone give us your ID badges. We're going to put it in a bag and we're going to pull it out. And whoever's name we pull out, we're going to shoot that person. Because they, like, weren't really getting anything they were asking for. They wanted food, and they were wanting to get, like, just set free, basically. And um, so, finally, they decide, okay, we think you're going to kill these hostages. They decide to give them food, and they haven't eaten, like, ten days. And they just give them, like, the most fattiest food they can. They, like, pig out, and then, like, they sleep. And they hear, like, they got some, like, wires inside so they could hear what they were saying. And basically, they're like, we're going to ask for better food tomorrow. And, like, they're, like, gloating and shit. They wait till like three in the morning for him to go to sleep. The tactical team very effectively comes in, like takes him. He does, they don't kill him. Like no one dies. They like just take him down and arrest him. And um, so like it's considered this huge success. Then Ruby Ridge happens. Gary Nessner's out of town. He was actually out of the country, and he's doesn't have a phone or anything. And he sees on on a newspaper, like in that whatever city he was in, talking about Ruby Ridge. So he gets a hold of his boss, and he's like, "No, nah, just just stay." So he wasn't very involved in Ruby Ridge, but his team was, and the tactical team was. Well, we already know what the fuck happened there. He's surprised that Dick Rogers even really kept his job at that point. Mm-hmm. And didn't they like give him like a grant or something like that? Like a they like refunded him, like the HRT team after they refunded who? Um, like the HRT team, like Dick Rogers and all them. Well, what are you after, about after Ruby Ridge, like they gave him like a whole bunch of money after that, like to. Oh, oh, you're talking about like oh, funded. Okay, I don't know. They, I mean, they didn't look at Ruby Ridge as a success, obviously, but um, I don't think he really got any flack from his bosses mm-hmm. for it. And I mean, he gets, but that was the thing was like Dick Rogers had kind of become overly confident because of the prison thing, and the FBI was like also still high up on them. But, like, they kind of under-talked what the negotiators did. So, like, this whole thing has been going on before Waco with these same people. And you're going to see, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, there's a big build-up and people start snapping. Yeah. But it's just really weird to think that, like, these teams keep getting sent to this. And you see this really successful thing and it starts going downhill quick the more stuff they get into. 
there was a one survivor named Clint Doyle, one of nine survivors, and he got interviewed 20 years after it happened. And uh, the interviewer asked him, it was like pretty much just like, what do you think now about I'd the whole situation? Yeah. Huh? I read, I'd rather blame God. No. He uh, pretty much asked him, like, what do you think now about the whole situation? And the dude's just like, you mean, have I woke up or have I woken up? And he was like, well, yeah, I have. He said, uh, I've had questions and adjusted my beliefs somewhat, but I still believe that David was who he claimed to be. You're sitting there listening to him. You hear all these things and scriptures come alive. And at that time, everything seemed so imminent. That's why I believe the way I did. I'm just like, 20 years later, you look at the whole situation and you still think he's Messiah and he's dead. <laughs> uh, these people are fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I still think he is who he says he was. <laughs> No, he's, he's just going any day now. <laughs> he's going to wake any up one of these now. days. So um, that's about it for this week. Um, we're going to jump into the siege. I don't know. We've kind of drawn this out. We've kind of bullshitted we a lot. We, we might have done like an overkill on like jumping into it f- from like way in the beginning. But <laughs> I mean, I, we're doing, we're trying to do some a little bit of justice here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's important to kind of understand like, how this really even came to be because he, because David Koresh didn't start the Branch Davidians, yeah. but he came he to power. He wasn't even in the family. Yeah, it's just kind of trying to see what these people believed and mm-hmm. like how Why? this <laughs> even started. Yeah. So we're going to get back in it next week with the the siege, the standoff, and the ultimate end. <laughs> yep. All right, so we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Let me get a soul clap. Let me get a soul clap. <laughs> What's in my pants? <laughs>